2: What's up, Seminole Headlines podcasters? Thanks so much for listening to the program. As always, the podcast brought to you in part by our friends at the Morgan Law Group. Today, no different. Appreciate them enabling us to do this for you. What else they'll do for you is uh, work hard throughout the state to ensure... Uh, that the insurance companies are doing the right thing and they're not acting in bad faith. Uh, they will they'll get after the insurer if they are. They'll inspect and assess the loss on your behalf. By the way, they are throughout the state. Just because an insurance company tells you no or there's a certain amount that they're willing to give out doesn't mean that's the end of the story. Find out more. Go to policyadvocate.com. That'd be policyadvocate.com. Or call 888 904 2524. Onward we go with some of the headlines.
0: It's time for Seminole Headlines, presented by Capital City Bank, featuring ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron, Warchant.com's managing editor, Ira Schofel, and senior writer, Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, pistols and pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron.
2: Headliner questions, we get it started, hour number two, It with a little bit different approach that time, didn't just... Gung-ho at hour, hour number two, because it's been so conversational. I wanted to keep the mode going here. Uh, this hour brought to you by our friends at Birch Orthodontics. Birch Orthodontics, where I'm afraid they're going to have to do some more work, because Bryce now has his 12-year-old molars popping up, and he's already got braces on. So now, now we're going to deal with something else. I don't know, Ira, if your girls had to deal with that. Uh, this is a new development. I'm, I've got all the confidence in the world that Birch, Dr. Birch will do a great job with whatever they have to do. But it, it, uh, it is disconcerting. I'm a little worried about it.
1: Well, the cool thing is if you do have any issues with your uh, – during the course of treatment, they've got yeah. all kinds of they've, – they've seen it all. They've done it all. They do a great job, and they'll, they'll take care of it, and they'll give you the options as well. That's one cool thing about birchorthodontics.com compared to some other places we went to before we, we uh, joined the Empire was we uh, – a couple places were like, we're going to do this, this, and this, like just telling us. But Dr. Birch and her staff do a great job of presenting the options and kind of giving you choices, giving you their recommendation, uh, but ultimately letting the choice be up to you. They have great payment plans, uh, they um, great customer service, and then they'll work with you like in a situation like this where uh, if they have to adjust uh, during the course of the treatment. So birchorthodontics.com is the website. They do uh, free consultations and like I said, payment plans and they'll, they're the best in the business, a ride or die orthodontist.
2: Butch writes, cheers, boys. I saw this past week where the Unconquered campaign reached its goal of $100 million. I'm impressed at how quick Alfred has worked towards reaching that goal. I'm curious if that is the tenacity Alfred provides FSU, or was it a reluctance of boosters towards dealing with Alfred's predecessor to donate under his leadership? Keep up the great work. That's from Butch. I thought that's
3: a good question. Butch, way to lead us off. That's a heavy question to start the show. Yeah. Or to start so- the hour.
1: So some context for the FSU fans who are not ingrained in the Seminole Boosters culture. Michael Alfred is the new CEO of Seminole Boosters and president. He replaced Andy Miller, who had been in charge of that organization for 45 years. He basically started it when coach Powden got here. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a different approach right now. Um, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I think it's, it's easy to kind of get behind the new guy and, and say yes. that everything's going to be better. Uh, I do think some things are definitely better but they, had, they this this hundred million dollar campaign that actually started under Andy Miller's watch it's been going on for a couple of years uh the big one of the big things they've they've done since Mike Offer got has gotten here is really try to tap back into the lower level boosters and the grassroots and uh season ticket holders and not I just need to. yeah there was I mean there, there was a feeling that the old guard kind of went after the same donors uh you know the big donors who have been here for a long time and lost touch a little bit with the grassroots. So that's one thing that they've done. They're trying to get more donors involved. One thing about that $100 million thing, though, that's pledges. I think they have about $30 million or so actually cash in hand or actual um, money given. So uh, pledges are great, but they need the money to cash in. So they're not where they need to be just yet.
2: Yeah, not close. And $100 million in pledges. I'm glad you pointed that out, All right. You're right. A lot of people can pledge. You can know, willy-nilly pledge all kinds of money. Hey, I'm pledging $50,000 on a Tuesday. Yep. Good luck collecting
1: it. <laughs> so. not, it's like when I was a kid, when the, uh, man, I was like, I was like 12 years old one time and the Jerry Lewis telethon, telethon was on. Yeah, yeah. And I was, man, I, I was tugging at my heartstrings. And so I called in and donated. I got no money. And so they sent like a postcard or whatever, like, Hey, hey send us your 20 bucks. So, exactly. I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. You just I'm ripped 12. it off. I ain't got no money. Yeah, it up
2: the trash. I, I meant well. I wanted yeah. to help those kids, just like I want to help. Thought, it's the thought
1: that counts.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, the Jerry's Telethon, uh, the Jerry Lewis Telethon. I used to watch it every year. Uh, just well, I wouldn't stay up 24 hours as, as that thing went on and on, and he got more and more haggard as the day and the nights went on. Uh, but I will say, I love that Telethon in spite of Jerry Lewis, whom I hate. Uh, I always hated Jerry Lewis. He's never funny. He was never funny ever in his life at any point. Uh, pretty sorry-ass actor. Same slapstick nonsense. The French loved him for no reason. There was never a reason to like Jerry Lewis Corey, except you, that telephone.
1: Did you know about this hatred he had for Jerry Lewis?
3: Oh, yeah. We've talked about that a lot. We, <laughs> me, He and I have another group text, uh, just another text chain yeah. going about Jerry Lewis hate. <laughs> good, Well, good. Co-
2: Corey just a month ago said, he started his text with, and another thing about Jerry. Lewis.
3: <laughs> yeah, while we're on that subject, yeah. <laughs> I like the other. Jer- I like months. Jerry Lee Lewis better than that Jerry Lewis. That's right. And he married his 13 year old cousin like I was a freak show. I like Jerry Lewis more, and he was out here. He's an awful human being. Yeah,
2: that's true. I think,
3: and I think Jerry Lewis, the other Jerry Lewis, you hear stories that maybe he wasn't the best person either. So it's what are you gonna do? It's old Hollywood.
2: It wasn't funny. Despite
3: no, that was a big thing. Yeah, you watch his stuff. None of it. None of, it none of
2: it's funny. It was never funny. What the hell was wrong with people back then? Not funny well, no. at all. Not even remotely funny. Uh, Ryan writes, fellas, did you ever play against an opponent in high school whom you didn't know at the time would be an all-pro athlete? We went down to South Florida to play off, to play in a playoff game. Lo and behold, the guy that trucked me like a rag doll was Fred Taylor, and the Ooh. guy that nobody could cover that day was Reed L. Anthony. Dell Anthony, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. That's, that's tough.
3: Uh, I played against in baseball. I played against Shane Monahan. Do y'all remember that name? He played at I remember Clemson. The game, but I don't remember. No he, why. He, played, he played. with the Seattle Mariners. That was the that was the best we saw. But you remember Keith Pompey, Ira? I worked with yes. him in at, uh, in Valdosta. I can't. I don't think I've told this story before. I know you've heard it though, Ira. But I don't yeah. think I've told it on the air. So he played at a. He played in Philadelphia. He played cornerback in Philadelphia. And one day on a Friday night, he's going up against this private school from Phil from Philly. And um, the first play of the game is a running play. And he's the cornerback. And he, little receivers all, he's like 5'9", 150, just a small dude. And the first play of the game is a running play. And the guy tries to block Keith Pompey. And Keith, Keith, like, just jacks him, knocks him backwards and say, my name's Keith Pompey. I'm here all day, bitch. <laughs> the next play, the kid does a little wig. He tries to jam him again. He does a little wiggle. Races by him like he's not there. Catches a 70-yard touchdown. And says, my name's Rocket Ismail. I'm going to Notre Dame. And walks to the sideline. (laughs) Nicely done. And then Keith was mad at his coach. He's like, why didn't you tell me that guy was going to Notre Dame? I wouldn't have played him like that. He's like, I didn't want to scare you. So So those moments almost must be really cool for like the superstar athletes to go up against. Like, I don't know if it happens much anymore because everybody knows everything now. But back then, like, how would you play a football game and not know about Fred Taylor and Riddell Anthony? Like, they're awesome.
1: Yeah, that's you a good could, question. Ba- yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I, I was I was in Gainesville when they signed, and they were already highly touted recruits. But high school football, it just wasn't as publicized as much. You yeah, know, there was. But now
3: it is, right? Like now, yeah. I don't think yeah. you could you would know you would know if a kid was going to like Radford, like watch out for him. Now he's a good shooter. The Radford, he's going to Radford. Like you know where everybody's going now.
2: Yeah, well, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, my senior year of high school was '89, so '87, '88, '89. Uh, The only way you knew, like I only knew my own players that were really good, and the only way we knew that, other than we could see them every day, was you'd go into the locker room back in those days, and your head coach would call out who got letters, and so Bob Stevens would yell out, "Cameron, you got a letter from, you know, Lamar,"
3: and then they'd be like, "William." And that was your friend. It was your friend Lamar. It wasn't a school. (laughs) Any correspondence went to hey, your head coach, hey, right?
2: No, William Floyd, you've got Notre Dame, Florida, Florida State, and Miami. Here you go. Tommy Carter, you've got Notre Dame, Michigan, Ohio State. like Guys like that. And so you knew who everybody got letters from. And so, you know, I mean, I'd get excited if I got a letter from, uh, I think the best letter I ever got was from South Carolina, and they were terrible at the time. Um, and so you'd read those letters to your buddies, everybody would share it. But that's how you knew. So you certainly wouldn't know about another yeah. guy in another part of the state. Like, I knew Emmett Smith was great when he went to Pensacola, Escambia, because yeah. I would read the paper every morning while I ate breakfast. And after they'd play games, you would see his stats, and there'd be little articles. But that's, that's Emmett Smith. I mean, yeah. that's, like, one of the greatest players in the history of high school football. There were plenty of guys we play against, and afterwards I'd find out, oh, that running back's going to Syracuse. But I, I didn't know who he was when we were going in to play him. Or right. that running back's going to – we play I would just would have thought, Syracuse. like, a, like,
3: like a, those two guys in particular would have been known. Like, even just watching on film, but,
1: like, wow, that guy looks really fast.
2: Oh, Who's you would he? know. You, yeah, you might know about the film, yeah.
1: And There's some transcendent guys. Like, when I was in high school – Alex Fernandez was in high school that we went to Miami and he like our high school baseball team played him. And like for a week, it's all anybody talked about. It was like, hey, we're going to go up against Alex Fernandez. So yeah. when there, when there are certain guys you do, and I'm probably in bigger cities, but I think in state playoffs, it's a little bit different because you're going to a different part of the state. That, guy, I think uh, yeah. that yeah, That's, that's what that guy was saying. That's he
3: cool was, though. That's a cool thing about high school sports or just sports in general. You might play against a, uh, or play with a kid that ends up being pretty awesome, and you can be like, yeah, I watched him as a 12-year-old or a 15-year-old. What's funny
2: is when you blow up against somebody that is the best player on the field, and maybe you saw him on the film where your coach was scouting and telling you, look, man, this guy can really play. He's got a lot of scholarship offers, whatever. But every athlete knows when they're around a transcendent, preternatural athlete. We've like, all been around guys like that where you're like, well, that's different. Well, this guy's good, this guy's good, but that guy's different. And as soon as you see it, you know it. And, um, and we played Braden in the Southeast every year. They always had like eight kids on each side of the ball that were going away to play uh, in big-time college football. And within seconds, you'd be like, well, this is not going to be the normal game that we play here. I mean, yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, it doesn't take long, does it?
2: Yeah. Uh, Terry writes, good day, gents. Jeff, did you hear about the lady who got bit by a bear while using an outhouse in Alaska? Besides Corey's squirrel-gone-wild story, do any of you have any close calls with Nature, nature, nature.
1: Nature. Nature. Nature boy. Yeah. Nature, uh, anybody? Well, I, yeah, I have the one, and I'm not counting it. Beyond a squirrel? I don't, oh, you know what? I, think I don't we, feel like
3: mine was a close call. I feel like mine was an attack. There's a difference. Yeah. I mean, there was, it wasn't like yeah. the squirrel almost jumped on me. He left and landed on me, and chaos ensued. So he that wasn't face. a close call. That was... Yeah.
1: When we when we were kids, do they still have Lion Country Safari? Is that still a thing? Have you guys ever heard of that?
2: They don't do that in the state of Florida anymore, I don't believe. It's probably not good for the lions, but probably yes, not. Yeah, I remember when what I you talked
1: about. Yeah. When I was a kid, we loaded up the station wagon and went there. And uh man, I, I don't know if this is true, but like my memory is my dad having the window in the station wagon down and, and this lion like literally being like within five feet of us. And Putting just, his head in the car, looking yeah, around. Like, that's what, that's my memory of it. It probably was 20 yards away. Probably, but it felt, but, it felt oh, intimidating. Oh God, get me out of it. Why, why did we drive a running vehicle into this? Like we could have driven anywhere. Why would we come to a lion safari?
3: I
2: used to water ski at Lake Megory in St. Petersburg and there were gators all through Lake Megory, and, uh, they're afraid of the boat engine. So they wouldn't get near you. But if you wiped out and you had to wait for the boat to circle back around, it was a very unsettling feeling as you sat in the calm waters of a giant lake littered with gators. Oh, I- it's like that
3: scene in Jaws where he's talking about 2,100 men went into the water. <laughs> the USS Indianapolis. Yeah, the Indianapolis. <laughs> it's a little, little unsettling.
2: Seminal <laughs> Headlines continues in a moment.
0: Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio.
2: All right, more questions as uh, we continue here on the day with by, Nathan.
1: By the way, during the break, I looked it up. It looks like Lion Country Safari still exists, boys. We That's can make a trip.
3: You can go. You can go pet tigers with Carol Baskin in Florida. I figure you can go drive around with lions too. Good point. Good point. Miles sounds
2: like a man who's after my own heart. Although, admittedly, I am worried about rolling out there. Roy, I preface his question by saying that he writes, "Fellas, point out one more loss on our schedule because I don't see it." Not talking just basketball. I'm talking about the entire spring sports calendar. Like if <laughs> the boys slapping down pancakes and the unconquered campaign fully pledged, I'm not sure the lady can scarf down any more victory sausage. Choo-choo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was, he was on a heater. That was good.
3: Feeling
2: it. It's good stuff. It was a good
3: weekend. I mean, the baseball team wasn't great, but they got two out of three. Uh, the golf team won. Uh, beat a couple of really good teams in their own invitational to win that tournament. And then uh, – uh, the women's team pulled off the big upset over the number three. That's like the fourth time they've upset Louisville, right? Like, that's, At least the, a that's couple, their
1: team. Two or three, yeah.
3: Um, And then they beat the number three team in the country. So, yeah, it was a good weekend overall for uh, Florida State fans.
2: I took in the Seminole Intercollegiate and supported my friend Trey Jones and watched that team beat the hey, number so one. Hey, so
3: are you allowed to walk around out there and watch them? Oh, buddy, I walked around for hours with Not both. you, I'm one. Anybody fan. can, anybody okay, can, good.
2: yeah. Uh, it, In fact, it was well attended. Uh, saw John Bentley out there, former Seminole. And, uh, you know, I, I believe um, one of the Futrells is playing golf for Florida State. Saw him. Uh, it's Mike Futrell uh, who played at Florida State. so, Frenchie, so Frenchie. Yeah, so um, plenty, plenty of support out there. It was good. And uh, the weather was great. And that is a big win for that team. I know we won't prattle on about that too much because it's golf. But number one and number two were in town, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and they beat both of them. It's very, very impressive. Uh, And then I would say this. I never know how to talk about baseball early in the season because we all know baseball is a sport where you need a a large sample size to draw any conclusions. It can't be one weekend. It can't be one bad start from a pitcher. It can't even be two bad starts. Like, it's it's hard to really know what's what three games into the season. So I just look at the series win and I go, okay, good. All right, there we go. And you move on. Really not much to add.
3: Shanna, uh, Brady had a, his first baseball tournament this weekend, and Shanna was like, oh, the baseball team's already playing? I'm like, yeah. I go, I actually lost yesterday. He's, she's like, what? The way you guys talk, they have the best arms in the country. How are they losing to North Florida? I'm like, well, it's baseball. It, baseball. It was one bad, and I explained it to her. She's like, I thought they weren't going to lose a game because they had these great arms. I'm like, they're still a good pitching staff. They just didn't. It's the first game, and they had one, they had one bad inning. She's like, okay, all right. They had a kid walk 750 people. Yeah, that's a bad. That's a bad. He might not see the field for a while, probably.
2: That's maybe he was a little overwhelmed. Maybe a little could overwhelmed. Be. Yeah,
3: have been overwhelmed in the moment.
2: That's a bad feeling. I actually always feel bad for young pitchers. We've seen kids come in here before who get a start, and it doesn't have to necessarily be on opening day, but it's their first time playing in, in at Hauser and for Florida State. And there's a lore to the program, no doubt. And you get out there and you want to pitch well. You walk that first guy. You miss on the on that next pitch to the next batter. You can just feel it. There's just a piano on their back, you know, like I gotta throw a strike, gotta throw a strike. It can get away from you in a hurry. I feel bad for kids in that moment.
1: Well, the best part is in like little league, which Corey gets to watch, is uh you know, then you get everybody, just throw strikes, let him hit it. <laughs> yeah, need a, hey, Brady, to gonna plate. need a strike gonna need a strike here, Brady. Yeah, yeah you know, well. I want I wanna tell the coaches like what do you do you not think he understands baseball? <laughs> like, he like, he understands what the what he's trying to do. Yeah. I want a kid, I want a kid at one point to turn around, not be disrespectful, not be a jerk, but just look over and go, Yeah, I got it. Like the, the plate, I'm trying to throw over the plate. Yeah. I'm, I, I decided to do this when goal. I was
3: 12, but in my mindset now, if I threw three balls in a row and a coach was like, Corey, calm down, we're gonna need a strike. <laughs> it's like oh Oh, you don't like these balls. <laughs> you don't want me out here throwing a bunch of balls and walking people. You want me to throw. Sh- oh, I got it now, coach. You should have told that, told me that earlier. I think, I could have I think 1 and 0 instead of <laughs> 3
1: 0. Hype up. I Come think, on, man. I, I thought think, we were trying to walk people out here. Why'd you wait so long? I think uh, that might get you taken out of the game. Yeah. If you If, you, uh, Wright, if a 12 year old tells us, to coach. <laughs> Probably.
3: Thanks,
2: as always, for a great show. I'm beginning to truly believe that this team can beat anybody in the country. It's a glorious feeling. Is there any chance that any of the seven postponed games get rescheduled before the end of the regular season? I want more basketball. Yeah, me too, Nathan. I'd like to see that. But, uh, boys, what do you think? No?
3: I don't see how like... they could. There's only two weeks left. They play Wednesday and Saturday, and then Wednesday and Saturday again. So you could sneak one into a Monday if Leonard really wanted it, or if he, somebody asked them, I guess they could sneak it into a Monday, but I don't know why Leonard would do it because he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it now. He doesn't need anything like that. so uh, I, I, I would think the chances are slim that they yeah, the only
1: on the yeah, the only the only possible thing I could see is if again, BC there's some questions about they're practicing, so I guess they're gonna try to give it a go. but uh, if for some reason they don't play that last home game, uh, then Florida State might have to try to schedule somebody. To fill in there, but yeah, I wouldn't imagine an extra game. Did
3: you see can... North Carolina? Uh, tomorrow is playing Marquette. Marquette, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's cool. It's not,
2: it's not vintage Marquette, however. This is not a great Marquette team, so Roy should get the win there. Yeah, right. Don't worry. wait. Wayne, Wade's
3: not walking through that door. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Doc Rivers. Uh,
2: David writes, and I like this question. When discussing the best FSU quarterbacks, we always refer to our Heisman winners. Why is Winky almost always immediately relegated to third? He played more games, led us to three consecutive national title games, first wire-to-wire champion, and had to change the size of the Tomahawk stickers on the helmets because of him. I'm thankful all three wore the garnet in gold. Seems like he gets overlooked in the discussion. Is that because of age? Can't be the six pick game against NC State. Charlie had four against Clemson. James had three against UF in the first half. Talk amongst yourself. Well, Charlie was the first and was transcendent and did things that no quarterback in the country really had done up to that point. Uh, so uh, he's always going to kind of lead the way I think. And then Jameis was the number one pick in the NFL draft and was so far and away the best player in college football that year that I don't really know how you would interject Winky over him. It could be age. Winky was very good. Those teams were incredibly loaded. I don't know. I just, I think we're always going to look at Winky as third on that list. I will put as an aside, what I was doing the morning show when Winky, threw six picks against NC State. That's how old I am. And I had him on. He was good enough to come on that Monday morning. And I didn't know how the phone lines worked at the time because we had had so few guests on, and I was a relative unknown. And he came on, and I was asking him about the game, and he was good enough to talk about throwing six interceptions. And I went to push a pause because I wanted to carry him over to the break, and I hung up on him. And dude was cool enough to call back to the producer. And the first words he said to me when we came back on the air is, hey man, I knew I threw six picks, but you can have some respect and not hang up on me. And so I always appreciate that about Winky. I
3: thought it said something about him too. That like that's that's part of the reason he was probably successful. Is it was like, okay, I had a bad game, no big deal. I mean, it was a big deal, but he could still have a sense of humor about it.
1: Yeah. So my theory on that question though, I think he's kind of like the middle child syndrome. Um, and I also think that Jameis, like when Winky, at the time Winky came in and did it, it was like, it was just expected. It was part of the dynasty. This is what Florida State does. He was surrounded by unbelievable athletes everywhere. Jameis, it was like, it was perfect because he came back after the, the swoon. Yeah. So it yeah. was like, oh my God, you, people appreciated it so much more and he wasn't surrounded maybe necessarily. I mean, it, in hindsight he was, but at the time we may not have realized he was surrounded by all NFL guys. So I think that's part of it. I, and I think Winky kind of being the middle child of the three.
3: And didn't, it, what didn't make highlight real plays with his feet. Um, right. You know, he, he, the thing he did great in the pocket was scoot around. He, he was good in the pocket of avoiding pressure, but he wasn't a guy that you're like, oh my, he didn't, he wasn't jumping over dudes like Jameis and Charlie and, and wiggling through uh, uh, sacks and everything. But he was really, really good. I, th- I also think maybe it's like initially you're like, okay, he's just kind of a, a slightly better version than Busby and Canell, but we've seen this offense before. He's just better at it, but we've seen it before. But by 2000, it was incredible what he was doing. I mean, he was throwing for 500 yards a game. Um, One, but but early on, maybe he didn't. He wasn't yeah. overwhelming you with his brilliance.
1: One quick uh, – I don't have any winky stories because I didn't cover them. You guys would know a lot more about all of that than I would. But um, we we had that interview with Brian McFadden. It's up at warchant.com. You can watch it. It's a, it's a good interview. He tells a story about when he was a freshman, when he got to FSU – they're out doing player-run practices, seven-on-seven seven stuff. And BMAC was trying to make a name for himself at those summer workouts. So he's just, like, manhandling receivers. Like Snoop Minnis and whoever else is out there, he's, like, knock him to the ground. And Winky just lost his blank on him. I mean, just what the hell do you think you're doing? Like, <laughs> who, are, who are you and why are you body-slamming our receivers? And uh, anyway, that, again, to the mindset of Chris Winky, there was no doubt who was in charge of that football yeah. team. Yeah.
2: I remember players from that team telling me because I, I, I did cover that team and I was so excited to do so. And I got initiated with that team basically. Um, so, 98, 99, 2000, I'm gung ho just getting into the business. And I would ask players about what made Winky special all the time. And they're like, I got this sense. And, you know, this is just kind of what I derived. I got this sense they didn't necessarily love him mm-hmm. per se, but they certainly loved his work ethic and his talent. And they respected the hell out of who he was and his preparation. Like, that was a guy that when he told you to do something or in the huddle said something, you listened. It didn't really matter whether you were – because he was a grown-ass man, so they weren't piling around with people. You know, it was just that they respected his work work ethic and his production, and they listened to everything he said – because he'd come through time and again. Seminal Headlines, 97.9 ESPN Radio continues in a moment.
0: Seminal Headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal Headlines returns now on 97.9 ESPN Radio.
2: Before we continue with more headliner questions, we thank our friends at Horizons Bar and Grill. Delicious food, great people, good outside seating area if you want that, cool bar if you want that, plenty of booths, TVs everywhere, a wide selection of beer. Good times at Horizons Bar and Grill. We know we've been there together. I've been there on my own. I get food, I think, practically every weekend since they opened from there to go. It's kind of my spot to go on the weekend to uh, bring some something home for the family. So uh, if you haven't been, go check it out. Have you been to the brunch yet? No, I haven't gone to the brunch. I, I think I that's my next brunch. move.
3: Yeah, uh, That's my next move is the brunch. I'm, I'm always a big brunch guy. I wake up. I like to wake up around 11.15, 11.30. <laughs> And then roll on over to eat some eggs, and I think that's that's what I'm going to do the next time I'm in town, which should be this weekend. So I might go over there for brunch. Uh, but yeah, again, it's it's got good food. It's a it's got a sports bar feel, but we stress this all the time: sports bar feel, but with actual good food, legitimately good food. Otherwise, we're not we're not we're not promoting this. We're, we don't promote brands that aren't any good. Am I right, guys?
1: Only only iconic brands like Horizons Bar and Grill. Which you right. can find at Bannerman Crossing up off on the northeast side of town at Thomasville and Bannerman Road. It's uh, back in there. It's a cool area. There's a bunch of other restaurants and shops that you should check out. There's also like this weird kickboxing place, like down right right down the uh, the alley from them as well, which is kind of. So
3: you can go pick fights if you want. To.
1: <laughs> well, assuming you're uh, not an Oklahoma football player, because those, those don't go real well. <laughs> and
3: it, and other than it back. being in the bathroom, which made it a little odd, like guys are peeing and getting slammed into by these. MMA guys, it was it was really cool to see.
2: Yeah, uh, I like the whoopings, but man, the piss laden floor that they yeah, well on. that
3: uh, adds well yeah. Even though he's winning the fight, obviously he's clearly he's about to choke him out. It's like all right, but you're laying on the you're you're laying, you're laying on, a on a bathroom the- floor, a college bar bathroom floor. So yeah. you've lost too.
2: <laughs> we we we've all lost here. W- what wasn't good? Nathaniel writes, howdy friends and yay sausage. What's the story with Cabell? Is he slated to return soon, or is he out for a while with an injury?
3: Hammy. He's got a hamstring issue. Uh, uh, meat said meat last week said he wasn't sure if he'd play. Obviously, he didn't. But you'd think if there, was any, if there was a chance he could have played this weekend, that you would think with a hamstring maybe this weekend coming up, he'll be good to go.
2: Matt writes, Corey, what should the Braves change their nickname to when they're inevitably forced to? You guys going to go with crackers? Hammers. Hammers, Hammer and Hank.
3: Yeah, that's a good one, right? Mm. Right, it's not. The I mean, look, not, Hammers. Well, what do y'all think? It's not well, better than Crackers. I like Crackers. Um, that's what it used to be uh, uh, when they were the minor league team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll come up with something. The peaches, big, sweet, juicy peaches.
1: They should uh, they should embrace where they are, and they're not in Atlanta basically. They should the suburb. The suburb uh, sluggers, the malls, the the malls.
3: Yeah, new the, stadium every three years for inexplicable reasons. Yeah, that's, Cobb that's, County, the yeah. Cobb County Braves. If Atlanta won't let them be the Braves, they'll just change their name to the Cobb County Braves.
2: Uh, we've got Matt asking. We need Ira to sideline watch MJ Walker and help diagnose his injury.
1: Well, you already uh, said you said some tendonitis. Yeah. Uh, I I you know again just knowing Leonard Hamilton's history. Of not playing guys when they're seriously injured, uh, I I gotta think it's really minor, um, maybe a discomfort thing. So I think he'll be fine. And plus, um,
3: just because he didn't practice didn't mean he was like hobbling around. Like if there's any doubt at all, they they can keep someone like MJ from practicing because he's he's practiced yeah. 400 times for Florida State. He those two extra days. The rest is more important than him getting practice. He for played guy, like 30 minutes
2: for a guy is is. Accomplished as he is, and as good as he is, I never know what—I never know what to expect from MJ Walker. I don't feel like—I—I I, I don't know. i am i probably not wording this properly because I don't want to make it sound like I don't think we can count on him. I just—I just never have a sense for what he's going to give Florida State in any given game. I—I I, I always feel better about other guys. I—I don't know why that is. It's just partly because he kind of ebbs and flows, and he lets the game come to him, which is a compliment to him. He doesn't have to come out and score right away and establish himself. So he might go seven, eight minutes and not score and then hit like a flurry of threes. And the next thing you know, he's got nine. But, you know, it's it's. I just don't know what he is. At the beginning of this year, remember he was attacking the lane and dunking on people and played with an attitude and stepping over people? It was weird. He was becoming this other thing. And then all of a sudden that just kind of stopped.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. He's had double figures in almost every game. Um, well there's a couple of games he hasn't but
2: yeah that's what I mean, I mean he'll go he'll,
1: but he's just... he also had 17 14 11 10 21 19 22 17 four I mean he's he's I know what you're saying he's not a guy that the what's unique about him is he's not a ball dominant guy like right. so so when he scores a lot of times he may not have had the ball except for just to catch it and shoot that three uh, but he also can attack the rim. I do think he's 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 tried to back off of because it seemed like last year, was it last year that he would drive all the time and turn it over? Or was it the well, year that was two years ago?
2: So, that was two years ago. And I was screaming at my television every time. You can't do that. You don't have ball handling skills. So, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I think he's found a, a place where he's, he's not, you know, so ball dominant, but I think he's still effective. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, to your point, it's, you know, he might score five, he might score 18, but I think you got to factor in his shooting ability.
2: Yeah. No, I'm not trying to dog him. I'll tell you somebody I will dog in Gom sucks.
1: Stop. He sucks. Stop.
2: I'm not done watching. Stop. That. So about, hey, we are now
3: officially a basketball show. We can criticize basketball players <laughs> like their football players.
1: First of, so, of all, I, I like him a lot. I think he stop. So like here's, here's what
2: here's what here's what I'm gonna say. He's gonna be the next guy that we're going. Look how far and Gomes come. That's who that's gonna be. I G- think
1: that's Gomes. already happened. I think that's already happened. Oh. You're. You're mad at him because he airballed a dunk. That's fine. The
2: first time he's had games this year where he's the problem.
1: But where, yeah, uh, I, I like him. I think, and he's the reason. If Balsa did leave, I wouldn't be. I think he's going to be a stud next year. I really he do. could be.
3: I, I think there is a chance there, but right now, I think it's a negative net impact when he's on the court. That I think correct. It's it's appreciably worse because of what he does on both ends. But he's actually on, on defense. And he he's always He's late to where he needs to be, well, but, you know,
1: but asking that's asking
3: a lot. I know yeah. it's asking a lot of a 7-1 guy. Don't, to guard don't get guy. me
2: wrong. I'm not saying he can't get a lot better and isn't going to be effective. I'm not even saying that there aren't times occasionally, once in a great while, where he's effective now. I'm just saying that he's the negative weak link right now when he's on the floor.
3: Tough. It, it, he had a tough day Saturday. Even now, though he's had more a than that goals. tough day, Corey. Yeah. The, uh, the, missed not, a, the missed dunk was a... Was a
1: that what happened though? First of all, a lot of seven-two guys aren't going to catch that pass. And then he just—he was like, he was—it was like he got spun around with a blindfold, didn't know where he was. He didn't know where the basket was. But, but no, I—I'm on record. I like that guy. I think he's going to be a key player. And we need to get back to questions. Moving on. I don't want to hear any more of this disparaging of my my I guy, like, and I'm the dad for Ngam in this space yeah. I like it. Like we can't leave him alone. Say, Pick he's, on somebody else. He's, <laughs>
2: Is he? Is he like babysitting or so? What's going on? What am I missing here? You're getting too old and need somebody to come over to the house. I'm confused.
1: Ask another question.
2: Well, I'm going to break, so I don't have to. I'm just leaving it with. And gum's not very good. We need to get gum.
1: I will not let this. I will not <laughs> let this stand. Strike those comments from the record. <laughs> Seminal headlines continues in a moment.
0: Seminal headlines will take a breather. More next. Seminal headlines returns now on 979 ESPN radio.
2: Wrapping it up. We got some Twitter questions. I understand some of you are gonna get upset if we haven't got this to this point yet. Here we go. Jeff, refresh the O-line scale from the wildly popular JCS show and tell us. Where offensive line will fail on a uh, fall on the said scale this year, and then he ends it with yay sausage just from Roger. Well, guys, as you well know, I've gone from basically rating the offensive line as what was it, butt ass? Sorry. Then I got us to wanting to get to butt ass average, mm. and we have. I don't think we've quite. I don't think we've quite reached butt ass average yet. They've got a chance to be butt ass average this year.
1: I think that's fair. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: I think they could be a step above butt-ass average. You think just ass, kinda, just
2: ass average? Just ass-, ass average, yeah. Ass average? I mean,
3: butt-ass, what's the point? That's an oxymoron, right? Butt-ass a,
2: ass average is a step below ass just average. It's
3: redundant. It's yeah. redundant, but but butt ass. Why not just butt average or ass average? Why no, butt no, ass average? No,
2: no, it's it's for emphasis, Corey. Okay, they are you're, d- you're doubling down. It's a butt ass average offensive line as opposed to just an ass ass. Well, you they used to be ass, ass sorry. sorry. They used to be yeah. ass sorry. That's right. They were ass okay. sorry. Then they were butt ass sorry. No, they were butt ass sorry. Then ass sorry. Now butt ass average. There you go.
3: That's all. Hey, we just want to get to average.
2: Yeah. Uh, Preston writes, if one member of Seminole Headlines was to die in a heroic fashion, of course, or be engulfed in a public scandal and forced to resign, who would be the heir apparent for each of your slots? Hashtag morbidity for that ass. <laughs> that's,
1: that's a good one. Man, well, I don't, I don't I mean, feel like it would go on. Yeah. I mean, I mean
3: if I had died. I'll be honest. I would. I wouldn't do a show We'd for. We have at least to break up weeks.
2: the band, wouldn't
3: we? It's like. Oh no! We, we two weeks would be good. Maybe <laughs> have a retrospective.
2: <fresh laughs> when 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 John Bottom died, Led Zeppelin said, "We're calling it a day." Yeah, but then now-
3: didn't Jason <laughs> Bottom show up at some point?
2: Eventually, they needed the money and they went on a tour, and Jason <laughs>
3: Bottom filled in for John. So Lyra, does Molly? <laughs> does Molly have any interest in Florida State sports?
1: Maybe he's a slide in here, or you know, like sometimes like a politician dies and their wife. Takes over. Maybe Kim could slide in. Talk Mm -hmm. about some yarn.
3: She could just, yeah, talk about (laughs) yarn and knit while Jeff and I talk about talk about Florida State sports. Oh man. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't think. I don't think any of us could be replaced.
2: No, I think the show's over if one of us dies. Let's make it a pact right here and now, guys, for all of our listeners. Sure. We're like
1: we're like a bunch of twelve year olds. But what is what
3: what could be we we embroiled in scandal? What if what if what if. Uh, ira does something really really embarrassing
1: would you you guys stand by me
3: i would i'd stand by him. if you get caught jeff if you get caught running naked by
1: horizons bar and grill yeah you stand by me for that is that really is that really being caught
3: that's
2: not even yeah
1: yeah that's yeah that's being (laughs) seen that's tuesday
2: (laughs) yeah by the way i i don't i think you'd stand Mm. by me for that my goodness gracious that's not that big you'd be like well he got a little loose over there at Horizons, things got a little crazy. we have to talk to him about time and a place. Look, I've yeah, seen the I've I, seen yeah, it'd
3: it take a lot, I think, for us to be like we can no longer associate with you. Seminole yeah. headlines is too established to have you as our part of our
1: brand. He, hey, that that Craig Carton guy, did you see like MLB.com? Apparently, he's gonna hire him or the MLB network or somebody. What? You know, I'm talking about the one Craig who went Carton. to
2: prison for the yes. cash Yes,
1: game? Yes. What? He's, not only did he go back on the radio in New York but now i think mob.com or the, they they're looking at him for some like national role yeah so, so there yeah you go. so forgiving country really
3: there's nothing you could do jeff even if you go to prison for 3 years when you come back we'll have a spot for you oh, good
2: christ uh, Jason writes, what are the chances of hanging another banner after beating Boston College and, and celebrating regular season champs again? I know FSU will have to win the next three. UVA would have to lose to either NC State or Miami, and Virginia Tech would have to lose one of Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, or Louisville. A lot of ifs and buts, but that would be special. We could just win out and wear yeah, the CC yeah, champs.
1: Yeah, I don't need, think there needs to be all those. No, pictures. I think he's saying...
3: Because they played Boston College, but that's not their last game. But there's a chance if they beat Boston College, it could wrap up the ACC regular season title. Would they, would they cut down the nets? Oh, yeah. If yeah. they had wrapped it up with that win. Um, I would. Yeah, it won't probably feel the same this time since there won't be anybody there. There'll be 1,100 people there. But, yeah, it should be a banner for sure. I don't know if they'll cut down nets again because now it's old hat. But uh, they, there definitely should be a banner if they, if they finish in first in the ACC.
2: J.R. writes, how would you rank these players on who you would have the best shot at getting an open field tackle on? <laughs> this oh. is good. Okay. So first <laughs> of all, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not number one,
3: which is Peter Warwick. No chance. The open field a, tackle? Open field tackle. <clears> no <throat> chance. Are the, the next, next two, I hope like uh, Jamie Dukes and, and <laughs> Menelik Watson or something, I could at least dive at their knees. I'm going
2: to go with the next one, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but Percy Harvin is the next one on the
1: list. What? I mean,
2: what? Reggie can... Bush and Devin Hester are the last two.
1: I mean, zero none. You know, if we, if we did the Oklahoma drill or the Knoll drill mm-hmm. with all three of us side by side in that little alley, yeah no we could We're tackle. not tackling any of
3: them no yeah we could they can't go outside the alley. outside the pylons man you can tackle them i mean right. i would get trucked they would look at me they'd look at you two and look at me and go okay i'm going at that dude and well, just first, truck first, me
2: first of all we might get trucked and it would be an ugly tackle it probably wouldn't be a dominant looking tackle but let's not act like devin hester's big i'll bust devin hester's ass now in the I, open field
1: no you just said the oklahoma drill oh the oklahoma like, drill yeah, it, yeah
2: let's go what, what about
1: the open field
2: uh no i'm not catching. what was <laughs> your
1: what was your reasoning for percy harvin
2: i think he's thick enough that especially in a situation like i don't think he was transcendently fast like what? I, I, I look no he was a great point play- ira they're all all time
1: harvin was fast
2: you said, man. you said best chance he asked best chance it, it, nobody i say is, is going to be somebody that i can actually tackle Best I gotcha. chance is Percy Harvin. He wasn't gotcha. like – Percy Harvin was never Reggie Bush or Peter Warrick. I think,
3: I'll be honest. I've thought about it now. I think my best chance is probably Peter Warrick because say he's coming at me, right? You he makes your- his little wiggle – he makes his wiggle move to get me to shift to go back left. Well, his wiggle move is so fast and I'm so slow, I don't get a chance to shift at all.
2: You wouldn't so shift. Wiggles, still there. He wiggles
3: and I'm still right there and he runs right into me thinking that he, he fooled me. I haven't even reacted to his first move. That's why you can't cross me over in basketball. I'm just there.
2: Again, really quickly, the answer is in the open field, we're not tackling any of those guys. I'm not, you're not, nobody's not. I got it. I'm saying that. But in an Oklahoma drill, I'm taking Devin Hester, and I'm going to be all right with it.
3: You're going to body slam him. You're going to
2: Brian McFadden him. (laughs) You're going to choke slam him. Josh writes, do you gentlemen think Norvell and his staff have what it takes to make champions or 9 to 10 win teams out of the talent we are starting to get through the portal and the recruits we have coming in for the 22 class and maintain it if they do.
3: All right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't have any reason not to think he can do it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I, I think it's a little early to decide here. I don't really
3: think anything
2: about last year is revelatory about what Norvell can and can't do. I, I, last year was such a, just a horrible set of circumstances. I do think in a lot of ways we are looking at a, that last year is, a, is year zero and, and we'll have a better you know understanding of what they want to do this season. I, I do The only thing I look at is what we talked about earlier. I think we're all two fingers to our eyes, two fingers back to you with Adam
3: Fuller.
1: And the one question, you know, none of us knew the answer to was whether or not Mike Norvell could recruit to the level he's going to need to recruit at. But, man, you look at this 2022 class, if they can hold these guys, mm-hmm. I mean, for Travis Hunter, mm-hmm. um, the 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 kid that there's a kid that, out of Lakeland, a safety who was committed to Florida, Sam McCall, he's probably the number two safety in the country. He now has Florida State as his leader. Uh, they've got, I mean, they're in the running for some big time players. Now they have to do something on the field to keep those guys and to get them. But if they can do that, the fact that they have they made this much progress with those twenty two guys, the five star guys and the, the high four star guys, that gives me uh, that's one question I had that that they're starting to answer in a good way.
2: Uh, really quick, David writes the question is simple: When will they retire Buster Posey's number?
1: I don't know how they do that in baseball. I don't know. I mean, they should have they took already
2: forever for JD. Dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. What are we
2: waiting know. on for Christ's sakes? Buster oh. Posey, one of the greatest players in the history of college baseball.
1: I don't know what the criteria is for... Let
3: alone FSU. Maybe after he's done playing, so he can come back and be part of the ceremony? Well, and unlike J.D. Drew, Buster's bothered to give back and cares
2: about the program, so... All
3: right, now. Let's... uh, Next question.
2: (laughs) Mark writes, Hey, fellas. Why is Mike Martin Jr. nicknamed Meat? And with Meat, Cook, and Bacon... All having worn the number four for the Seminoles, could we get some sort of deal with registered sausage celebrating this culinary co- coincidence? Perhaps a special Seminole four pack.
3: That's a good call. A good idea. Ben, I hope Ben's still listening to this. I, he oh. probably tunes out after we mentioned uh, his, his product, right? Um, no, he's, a, he's a diehard listener. Meat, Yeah, that's crazy. Meat cook and bacon. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I, you know, you could do a four pack. For $40? That's uh, I, I that's don't a know the high.
2: pricing of sausage, but uh, yeah. You know, I mean, 4 for four for $20? we
1: will take it under consideration. It's a good idea. It's a good idea.
3: Chris
2: writes.
1: Well, hey, he,
3: he was named Meat because he, that's what he was called as a kid around the program, right? Everybody just called yeah. him Meat when he was hanging around the program as a child.
2: Uh, Chris writes, what foods, if you could make healthy and not lose the taste, would you pick? He says chips or fries or anything salty for him.
3: To, just, oh, uh, to eat more, I guess is what he's saying. Yeah. That you could make healthy. Mm. Uh, uh, Monte Cristo sandwiches. Those aren't healthy? I don't think so. The powdered sugar sure? with uh, all <laughs> the Especially meat Especially when inside. they've been
2: half eaten by a stranger.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Monte Cristo sandwiches for me. Those things are incredible. The first uh, a third of them, anyway. Yeah, the yeah. first
2: bite, you're like, I could eat a ton of these. And then the third bite, you're like, I think I'm done.
3: <laughs> That's a wrap. I need this <laughs> to go before the, kid, before the kid in the apron steals it and takes him to the bathroom.
1: Yeah. Hey, so are you not going to read that guy Trey's, Trey's question? Oh, the wrestling
2: question? He yes. asks the wrestling question every week.
1: Well, but you don't uh, to read the those other ones.
2: Well, I think I did, didn't I? Oh, man. All right. Well, so the theme music that uh, here it is. Trey writes, "If you could pick any wrestler's theme song to be playing in the background as he choke slams Corey Clark through a plastic <laughs> folding table, which wrestler would it be and why?" So the theme song.
3: Wait, Ira, you so he wrote a question about choke slamming me. <laughs> yes, and I really You never asked a question to be read in the history it of this got, show.
1: It got like fifteen responses. Like everybody's like, "Oh, that's the greatest question ever!" It's got to be first. All this. And then Jeff just bl- – the last time he asked one before, and Jeff uh, – Well, I love
2: Tra- – I get along with Trey just fine, but I'm just – it's a wrestling question every time. Um, I would say
3: did, – Did China have music? <laughs> they all have Trey, there's your answer. China's music.
1: Well, I'm going with uh, – Corey, did you ever really watch wrestling, like as a kid?
3: Yeah, back in the 80s. Hulk Hogan,
2: with the Undertaker. Anything with The Undertaker is fantastic, so The Undertaker is the answer.
1: I'd go, is- I'd go with. I'd go with. I, first of all, I, would, I wouldn't even listen to the music, Corey. I would just run over and try, try to help you. There, yeah, fight. Yeah. I'd, fight. I'd hope you'd get a chair and hit him in the back of the head with it. Um, the uh, I like uh, Hulk Hogan's uh, NWO music is good when he was a bad guy with yeah. the NWO. There's yeah. like a Jimi-, Jimi Hendrix song,
2: yeah. It was Jimi Hendrix, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not bad. Could you do that? I think if we go old, old school, like give me Abdullah the Butcher, give me you know. Any-
1: Oh that little the Butcher had, had big like walk-up music or famous well, music. Yeah, he what was Gorilla Monsoon's walk-up music? He
2: should <laughs> the Butcher should have had something because I loved him. The bagpipes.
1: Uh, the bagpipes? Piper, for baby! Body Piper. Piper.
3: Piper. That's my guy. Come on,
1: Corey. For, come on, participate, Corey.
2: Quickly. I did.
3: I said one. I assume China has music. Uh <laughs> maybe the junkyard dog? Wendy Richter. Y'all remember her? She used to wrestle. Yeah. How about, yeah. How about the Woody, boogeyman?
1: the boogie woogie man's a good yeah, one. yeah
2: you forgot about the boogie woogie man there you go all right that's it we're done For- I'm, glad, oh, I'm glad
1: i made you read that question <laughs> i'm that sorry was nice. that was enjoyable
2: peace everybody <laughs> we'll talk to you again next week take
0: care Seminal headlines on 97.9 ESPN Radio. Get more from Jeff, Corey, and Ira via iTunes and in the 97.9 ESPN Radio audio vault. This has been a production of 97.9 ESPN Radio Tallahassee Sports Monster.